0: Five, four, three, two, 1. I'm John Miglash for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And let's get over to the news. First, uh, of course, I learned something on this score. Here's a commercial from Iron Brew, uh, a, one of the second most famous drinks from Scotland, which I didn't know anything about. I thought it was some new drink that I'd never heard of before, but here, here we go. Tastes like bubblegum. Hey! It tastes like tutti frutti. Bubble gum! Oh. Uh, tutti frutti! Oh. Oh. Cherry! Lemon! Uh, it's tingly! <laughs> no! Bad bombs! Green soda! Orangey! That's ginger. Bubble partners let's just agree it tastes magic magic okay so anyway that's a crazy commercial and uh it gives you a hint of all the things people say it tastes like but some of the reason is that it contains ammonium ferric citrate A food additive containing iron hydroxide, resulting in an indescribable flavor. It was invented in 1901 and contains 32 flavors. (laughs) I didn't know any of this stuff. So now I'm going to have to try Iron Brew, and that's the magic of advertising. The magic of advertising is that you can take something that I never even heard of, and I can say, hmm, I think I'm going to give that a try. Magical. It's the rock solid center of capitalism, of consumer choice. And that is what we're talking about. So, Marine Powers is president of Direct Marketing RRD, which I'm guessing is R. Donnelly, okay, which sounds like a big deal to me, probably is. Um, so I tried to read with interest her article. From PI world um, she has a lot of stuff here about how consumers have magically shifted and it's here to stay and we of course that remains to be seen we're not sure about any of that stuff um, she makes the case or makes the claim that consumers have become less brand loyal because of shortages and other um, issues like you know they closed the store how about that'll change your shopping habits Um, And to combat this, marketers must deliver, and I was hoping she would say, quality goods at quality prices? No. You know, here comes the marketing pitch. Individualized communications that reinforce brand relevance and connection. Look, if you can't get it there in a store near me, or you can't get it there online, then no amount of individualized communications will cut it. And that's the truth. And I'm kind of sick of hearing it. You know, I'm kind of sick of hearing, we know all about you, and we can predict what you'll do, and we know what you'll buy next. And if we could just do that better, then the world would be a better place. You know, I wrote a book back in about 2007, and it had the same lies in it. Those In those days, it was lies, I don't know, maybe I wrote it in 95. I mean, I wrote it along. I started working on it in, in the 90s anyway. And the lies were all from the direct mail community about target marketing and targeting one-to-one one-to-one marketing and all these lies. And, you know, so let's drop off. You can start the article right half, right about here. And it doesn't get on why mail is best. What it basically does is reinforce that you can do stuff in the mail. Uh, you can do a multi-page mailer. Okay, you can't do that in digital. Eh, you kind of can. You can per- perfume. You can do scented samples in the mail. You know, but what's the impact? Maureen, if we do scented mail versus unscented mail, if we build a control, if we do a scientifically valid experimental design, do we make any money? Or is it just that we could? And, you know, there's precious few scented samples going in the mail, by the way, so it can't work that well. Just saying, you know. Must be postcards, because I get a lot of those. I'm not sure they work. I'm not sure they're tested, but it would be great to have that as a cornerstone of these articles, especially from people who should know better, like PI World. That's just say, give me a split test. Give me something. If you're going to talk in your title about marketing ROI, you know, stick a spreadsheet in there or a graph or something and show me what the return on investment is. There isn't one word of it other than here. Okay, that you could have it maybe if you figured it out and decided to measure. Maureen, I know you're really important and you're you're a big contributor to the direct mail industry, but man, oh man, what a shame. Anyway, you can product sample. Yeah, again, I don't get many of those in the mail. Mm-mm, not much. Not really any. And my wife who buys a lot through the mail doesn't get them either. Direct mail marketing, direct mail offers marketers the opportunity to better understand attribution and allocation. Now, that's true, but you don't say why. Why? Because there's 100% delivery. You can track every piece of mail. The U.S. Postal Service gives you that with informed visibility. You can track, you can notify the customers that have informed delivery. You can... Not only that, but you can assure that every household has engagement. Why? Because you have to touch it. You can't just let it lay there. Digital, it's there and it's gone. It's there and it's gone. Mass media, there and it's gone. Billboards, whoosh, and you drive by and you don't have to do a thing. They're gone. Everything else disappears. Mail stays on your kitchen table. You have to pick it up and look at it. There might be something that matters in there, or might be something you're interested in. You have to look at it. And you know what? It has to be the decision maker in the household. It can't just be anybody. The kids aren't allowed to throw the mail in the trash on the way home. We used to ban the kids from picking up the mail. Why? Because it'd, we'd find pieces along the driveway. We have a long driveway. <laughs> It has to be looked at by the decision maker. So we're already, we're already tons ahead of the random clicks that Google thinks is so great. And then they have a 50% bounce rate, right? Which means if you're paying a buck a click, it's double that just to get to engagement. With mail, do you think we can do mail for a buck a piece and get engagement in every household that we mail to? I just proved it to you, okay? And after that, Google's response rates aren't any better than mail. At best, right? And you can't do all these other things. So the reason we can do attribution is not because of mail magically being digital or something. It's because we know who we mail to. And if they order, we know who they ship to. So we can match back the orders. If you put an ad on Facebook and they go to your site, it's very difficult to know If that's the same person that saw the ad. Especially with third-party cookies being turned off and it's hard to launch across outside the walled garden. Yeah, I know. If you take the order on Facebook, you probably know. But you know what you don't know? You don't know who looked at it and decided, engaged with it, and decided not to buy. Not at the individual level. You do in mail. Because we know we mailed you. We know you had to get it. We know you had to get it, engage with it, and you didn't buy. So we now have... A data set and that's why mail analytics are light years ahead of every other medium right there does she say that no it's too bad maybe she doesn't understand it I don't think anybody much does okay so three ways direct mail can lift response rates localization yeah you know you can mail around the household three of your neighbors just purchased the same energy solar energy package So we're going to offer you a nuclear generator for your backyard, anyway, so that you can support them. Anyway, targeting based on advanced analytics. You know what? Even Google admits their analytics are from the 50s. This is just, everybody says it. You know, I wonder, you know, I called up one of the, or I got in touch with one of the people that I took issue with their article. And they told me, oh, I didn't write that. My PR lady wrote it. So maybe Maureen didn't even see this or, or something, but she put her name on it, so I would hope she would. But here's, let's let you in on a dirty little secret of predictive modeling. After doing, I have done for, let's see, started in 1994, building a, a, a database, a modeling system for a Hudson Bay company. So that's what, I don't know, it's a long time, 26 years or something. Anyway, 25 years, 26 years, we've been building modeling systems. I've probably built thousands of models for some of the biggest mailers in America and some big, big Fortune 500 companies like Adobe. Okay, so here's the secret. Likely to be best targets. We don't model on best targets. We don't. (laughs) I'm not saying people don't, but it's a bad idea. So for example, if you mail half a million zip codes, if you mail half a million mailing pieces, rather, you'll only hit about... 20,000 of the of the 50,000 zip codes. You're not anywhere near saturating the number of zip codes, and each zip code can contribute uh, a, a geodemographic piece of information. We know what the neighborhood is like at a zip code level. We know at a census tract level, pretty much. I mean, we kind of know some things about it. The trouble is, if you go to the census tract, you'll get noise. You'll get well. It's like what we did. We were we did a 500,000 piece mailing. We mailed two pieces. You know, and the average, or the the me the mode is one piece into a zip code out of the twenty thousand. Most of them have one or two or a very small number. Okay, there's very few zip codes that got to get a lot of pieces of mail. But you know, and then and then the orders, how many? And this was for a subscription, a twenty dollar a year or fifteen dollar a year subscription. So high response rate, low average order. And we only ticked off about twenty two hundred of the. Of the uh, 50,000 zip codes that even had one order but then you run into something like this down in Phoenix we had a zip code that only got one piece of mail but got two orders now there is a target market for you 200% response rate in that zip code is that true no it's totally meaningless the uncertainty level is higher than (laughs) than the value of the information so instead What we did was we said, well, let's look at the worst zip codes. And what would we define as a worst zip code? Let's look at the places where we mailed mm, dozens or hundreds of pieces into a zip code and didn't get any orders. That's worse than mailing one in and not getting an order. So we started putting a cost associated with the cost of contact. And what do you know? We were able to find the likelihood of not ordering, which is way easier you know, if you take the billionaires of America and decide who's going to buy a Ferrari, very difficult. You know, they could decide in an afternoon or decide not to. But if you take the people who aren't billionaires and say, how many could afford a Ferrari? Well, you know, then you're limited to probably illegal activities and they're hard to get data on. OK, I didn't want to teach make it this much. And, you know, if you can't figure out that, you're not going to figure out lifetime value either, probably, because you don't have contact Cost associated with the people who you don't know if they saw it Facebook doesn't tell you who saw it who didn't who saw it or didn't see it you don't know you only know the people that engaged and bought you know who they targeted that doesn't tell you on an individual level mail does okay enough of that let's go over here this is actually a and okay customer security she also doesn't mention that CCPA and GDPR basically are not are not tailored to mail There's nothing really in there that says you can't mail people. Nope, because mailing addresses are pretty much public information. So it comes outside of the secret stuff that you might have collected. And uh, we usually mail from co-ops, which, you know, have transaction history and other things. Okay, so anyway, Maureen, happy to talk with you. Happy to have you on the show if you want to address those questions I have. Uh, This one is a great article by Chris Hoffman. I'm sorry I went so long in the beginning of this show on other things. Chris is from the University of Wisconsin and Minnesota. So he's right, you know, we should be friends. But I don't know if I've ever met you, Chris. Um, There's been a lot of disruptions to digital marketing and uh, third-party cookie, privacy regulations, all with sprouting walled gardens and consumers' own privacy-related actions. A digital data crisis, right? And base and the Apple thing. Well, they went down 10% um, of the U.S. Only 10% a- opted in. Now I have an article over here that shows the impact supposedly of the of the Apple privacy uh, shift on Facebook. But they said in July it's pretty much bounced back. I don't see that here, but. And uh, time will tell on that one. So I'm not sure digital is dead, probably not. But the data deprecii- deprecation continues to spread across digital channels. That's true. Okay, what about alternative data? Okay, and what Chris is talking about is direct mail. Okay, there's offline data sources. We can We can find you, like we're working on this hunting project. We were able to find 2 million hunters that had bought hunting licenses and also bought in e-commerce or catalogs. That's a pretty good number to start with. You know, how would you get that out of Facebook? How much money would it cost you? And would you be guaranteed that they saw it? No. Okay. Data and modeling, we can take second and third party data sets and we can figure out something. We can at least rule out what isn't going to ha- what isn't going to work these look alike models you know again you your your best customers love you and it could be a quirk it could be because their mother dropped them on their head when they were a baby or something I'm not in, into implicating mothers you probably were jumping out to, of the crib your mother tried to catch you but anyway these look alike models don't rely on cookies or con or conversion pixels, but rather actual purchase behavior. You know, that pixel tracking attribution is dangerous because it assumes that because you went to the web and then bought on the web, that that was the main causal force. But it doesn't really address the question of why did you go to the web in the first place? Or maybe you went to the web six months ago and the track and the first party cookie that you have on that site could still be first party cookie is still active on your computer and so now you purchase and the web gets all the credit. Does that sound rational? Well, it does unless we can prove that we mailed you either right before you got the cookie or right after you or right before you placed the order. Watch out about your attribution model. A lot of times they're built by people who were were. were, were raised on Google Analytics and have a bias toward digital. Okay, digital campaign attribution is display. You can get the same kind of, you can get, well, we're working on a system that'll give you even better tracking on mail than you'll ever get on digital because it'll not only show you who did, but who didn't, and it'll be instant. As soon as they interact with you, as soon as they come to your site, you'll know where they came from independent of any tracking cookies. And here's Chris, and he's like I said, from the University of Wisconsin. Have a great day. Like and share. I hope you got something out of it. I got to look for my buttons.